0: Hello, and welcome to the Total Mental Performance podcast, the one and only mindset podcast dedicated to helping fitness entrepreneurs and coaches master their mindset, giving you insider access to industry leaders around their psychology, their campfire stories, and the mindset required to be successful in this business. I'm your host, Kieran O'Neill, mental performance coach and founder of Total Mental Performance, the world's fastest growing specialist mindset service dedicated to the fitness industry. So without further ado, let's lean in and listen. Yes, team, so today, We have got the very special founder of GraphFit, Callum Edwards. CraftFit do all of our design. And uh, I actually wanted to work with these guys. um, I think it was at Q1 at the beginning of the year, but they were fully booked and uh, they couldn't slot me in. And uh, those that know me, I'm a big, big branding guy. I love aesthetics. I love telling a story behind color, behind design. So if we look at TMP, you'll see that line that's red and blue. And the red represents protection. So I think insecurity, doubt, fear, not feeling good enough, not feeling worthy, comparison, imposter, all of those lovely, wonderful mindset blockers. But the blue represents growth. And that's confidence. And that's calm. And that's knowing your self-worth and knowing that no matter what's going on out in the world, your internal world is solid because your self-worth isn't dictated on external results, whether that's number of clients, transformations, money, or anything like that. So when I communicated that with with Callum, he just, he just got it. And uh, he's done a great job on our all of our design. And uh, I've really brought him on today because he's not only is he building a, a company that's scaling fast, but then also he has a lot of wisdom and knowledge having worked with some of the top coaches in the industry about the psychology of branding, about the psychology of how to build an aesthetic for your business where clients look at it and it resonates. So Callum, mate, thank you so much for jumping on
1: thanks for having me it's a bit of a bit of a nervous one of I've, I've always wondered when we'll be able to do a podcast and we've been trying for a good few weeks if not months now we but we're finally here so I'm looking forward to it yeah we're in well let's start how did you actually
0: get into design because I look at designers and I've worked with lots of different designers across different industries and for me I'm always fascinated when you see somebody that has a, a very crisp style because it is art Yes, there's a business behind it and you've built the mechanisms and whatever, but you have a uniqueness about your work that you can tell it's graphic. It's kind of got that that quality stamp on it and you can just sort of sense, yeah, you know what, somebody is really good at what they're doing. So tell me, where does it all start for Callum? Where did you grow up? How did you get into the industry and into design and and, and go from there?
1: So um, I think looking back, um, first of all, I'm not, I wouldn't class myself as a naturally creative person. Um, I wouldn't believe that I'm naturally creative if I put pen to paper you'll be shocked at how bad I've, you know the, the artwork that I could create using a pen but it all starts for me for the love of just building things so when I was a when I was a kid I always wanted to build stuff it wasn't necessarily creating something visual something creative it was just I wanted to build something, whether it be the, the idea of building a business has always been in the back of my mind. When I was kind of in sport and stuff, it was building a team, it was building them. Everything's always been building something. And I guess that's kind of where the the position I'm in now of building my own business. But then ov- obviously the services that we offer ultimately allows other people to build their business. And I think it's kind of a bit of a double whammy for me. And it gives me a lot of self-pride and a lot of, I guess, um, honor really a bit deep to start with but it it honestly it means a lot to me to be Mm. able to help people build businesses and build brands and stuff that's kind of where it started for me really and then the the rest a lot i just fit a lot of stuff into the past you know five years of worked with you know a lot of people a lot of people um who have been around for a lot longer than me you know less time than me different walks of life different countries different types of businesses and i think that all comes together to to you know portray and, and show what you described and the kind of diversity of, of what we create at graphic
0: so where did it start you've always been building stuff it wouldn't have just been one moment where you went right i'm going to go and build graphic because if you look at top performers and if you look at entrepreneurs and coaches that do really well they almost stumble across their path for example i didn't say you know, when i was a kid i'm going to build tmp and it and it, in its current format i did not wanted to help people i've always been somebody that's tried to to coach and and, and help. Uh, I knew that I wanted to build an organization where everybody loves interacting with us, whether it's our team, whether it's our clients, whether it's all of our partners, like that's something that's really important. I want everybody to shut the laptop and go, that's a good human being. But I didn't, that was like a slow process over the years. And I'm always fascinated from high performances. How did you, what were the steps and and what were the pieces that you sort of started to figure out? And the next thing, you you know, you're leading graphic.
1: So the thing for me, to be, to be completely honest, when it came to leaving schools, sort of the back end of, of school, I always wanted to be a rugby league player. That was the only thing you ever thought about. Again, it was the kind of team morale and building the team and everything. I loved that. And then when it kind of got to the end of school, I was getting older and I started getting interested in other things. I realized I wasn't going to be a professional rugby player anytime soon. And to be honest, the first thought was, I want to earn money. That, that was it. I want to earn money. So what can I do to do that? And, and it was apprenticeships. And I guess at the time, uh, even still now, I think apprenticeships don't get talked about a whole lot in school it's always college uni or you know none of it really depending on what school you're in and for me i kind of just i I must have applied for probably 80 different jobs as i was leaving school all all types of stuff so technology has always been something that i focused on so initially it was it i remember my um, stepdad literally drummed into me for years and years you need to get into it that's where the money is that's where the money is he didn't know anything about it but you know he mm-hmm. was the kind of the thing you need to get into it and, and that's what i started in so i found found myself in an apprenticeship in web website development for a, um, a small business a new, a new business that kind of and i think this was thinking back now this was a pivotal point for me i think that the business that i worked for in my apprenticeship offered two types of services one was very corporate so it was web development and marketing and seo for legal firms and then on the other side of it it was website design budget for small businesses and i think very early on you know at the age of 16 that's kind of straight away i I had to be able to divulge the people in front of me of what makes them tick, what makes them work, why are they leaning to that thing? Why are they wanting to work with that brand? Because we had two services that was built differently, in the same services or the same makeup of the services to completely different people at completely different price points. And I'd say that's kind of the start for me. And then from there, really, it was a case of, it was a small business. I very quickly learned that you had a web developer, you had a web designer, You had a graphic designer, you had a copywriter, you had somebody who did marketing and I quickly learned that the people that could pick up the most of them services and do them very well, earn the most money. And that it was as simple as that. And I I thought, you know, that's what I need to do. I need to delve into each one of those things. I need to get very good at them. Um, And kind of, I guess, fast forward into now to graphic. That's very much what that is. It's being very good at select things and delivering them to the highest quality. And that's kind of where it came from. And then I kind of went to studying website development and and the next next job then is kind of where I capitalized on uh, marketing and and graphic design so that's kind of where that got added to the mix in more detail that was a few years on and then a couple years after that I just really wanted to focus on a career so I was earning brilliant money but it wasn't necessarily stable I was getting a little bit older I had a nice car and everything but I was kind of getting to the point where that thing them things didn't really matter to me anymore it was more like what am I doing you know being a sponge for the last you know four years where's that taking me now and and that had to be a career for me so I then started working Looking for a very kind of forward-thinking young software company in cloud software, lo- local to us, and that's kind of where the the marketing came in. Then, so that was very niche. Uh, again, looking at looking at Graphite. Once, as I explain things, you'll probably, to you knowing how we work and what we do, you'll go, "Oh, that's where he got that from." That's and it's it's essentially everything that I've seen in business over the past, you know, what now five, you know, six years, and that's what graphic is, and that's where the marketing came into it. That's where the MD of that company really took me under his wing, which. I always I always owe him for that. That's where the business knowledge came in. That's where the the marketing knowledge came in. That's where I learned, you know, the financial side of things, the budgeting and and stuff. And and then from that point then that that was the package that I needed, I believed. All I needed to do then was find the passion. What what was I passionate about? What what did I want to get into? What all these services that are built up and all this knowledge that have built up over the past you know X amount of years how do I package that up and deliver that now in a way that I really want to in an industry that I'm passionate for so the last piece of the puzzle really was one of my friends locally he had been doing boot camps just kind of you know uh, kind of like military style boot camps I guess on a car park he got in touch he did him a logo and a few little bits kind of knew from school and through rugby and stuff and then he then on that day when we we met up at Costa and we was talking about websites and things like that we then that day went to see a gym that he wanted a unit that he wanted to take on and from there that's kind of that's where I found the fitness side of it then i've never been a huge gym goer i'm not a huge gym goer now but that's kind of where i realized all of the knowledge and the advice that i could give in terms of marketing in terms of design in terms of technology that's where I then managed to couple that with what does a fitness professional need? And what I quickly noticed was the quality of work that I believed that I could deliver was what you would go and pay big money to, let's say a London agency or a city agency. But the problem is for, at the time for the fitness industry is these London agencies, these fancy agencies that you see on social media and you know they've got all the nice offices and things, they're not necessarily the most approachable. They, they tend to have the big contracts that they need with the big brands like you know BBC and Coca-Cola and things like that. And to be quite frank, they, they don't care about your inquiry for your, you know, small fitness business that you're starting and it was then it was about how do I then take all that quality and know what a fitness professional needs. How much is it gonna cost them, how do I price it up and how do I then deliver it and then that's probably where you get to the start of graphic then really.
0: And you know, if we look at what you've achieved in such a small amount of time, you know, you how big's the
1: team now? There's six of us in total now, which is crazy to, to think about for me um still minute in the grand scheme of things but i feel like i was just saying to you just before jumping on this i feel like we've got the right people we've got quality people and i feel like we've got the solid foundations that we need now for you know the next kind of 12, 12 months two years and you know it's
0: not like you've built a it, it's not like this is something where you've kind of just got unlucky you've produced quality work again and again and again you've built a multi-six figure business you've got team of six you've got a culture where people want to be there and and you know that's something that's really important for us whenever we're looking at partners is is there a good team is there a good environment and all there could be human beings behind that Um, and it's a testament to taking all that knowledge and all of that experience through you know working in other businesses and 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 packaging it now and you know you've really you've really hit the mark where do you think fitness entrepreneurs trip themselves up on fitness professionals when it comes to branding how can how do they make mistakes how does it all go wrong for them?
1: So the, the first thing for me is there's there's a lot of noise in the fitness industry, whether it be, you know, branding and graphics noise or whether it be business coach noise, whether it be tools noise or it, all the different service providers. Um, because everybody's got such great businesses, there's a lot of noise. And the only people that in the end get overwhelmed by that are the coaches. Uh, and what I mean by that is if you're a coach in the industry now and you're just starting up, you're going to be presented. As soon as you create your, you know, Business account on Instagram, you're going to be presented with a load of people that are saying they can help you increase your sales. You're going to be, we're probably going to slap you in the face and say we can build your brand. You're going to get a copywriter that says you need this landing page. You're going to get somebody saying you need ads. You're going to get somebody saying you need to, you know, sort your mindset out. And there's there's all these things that come together, and in the end, you, you get overwhelmed by it. So I'd say the stumbling block for coaches at the moment is. It's being able to kind of see through the noise and you know plan out when do I need these things and 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 do I need them to begin with you know it don't the old saying don't don't run before you can walk and it's you know it's a cliche saying but it's so true um, and I, I think that's the stumbling block I think the the fitness industry is kind of the victim of its own success in some ways where it's producing that much talent at such a fast rate um, that it creates overwhelm it, it's as simple as that it creates overwhelm and I believe that's that's the stumbling block.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I, I agree. And obviously that's what we deal with is overwhelm and, and helping coaches basically just slow down. The way that I kind of see the industry from a coaching perspective is the business coaches are where you go to get really amped up. You go and you're like, fucking, arr, let's go. Um, but TMP is where you go to actually slow down and get that different perspective and go, okay, strategically, where are we taking the ship because overwhelm is such a big big topic and you know every single business owner every single entrepreneur faces that every single coach faces that particularly when you have to do with clients you're going into new industries maybe you've never coached online before if you've gone from on- offline to online and there's all these different things um so run me through some of your experiences with overwhelm and can you think of a time when you was really like whoa this is a lot
1: Yeah, so for me, I guess it kind of links in with what we just discussed then. By the way, by me saying you need to see through the noise, I've, I've not perfected it yet. It's the exact same for me. It's not necessarily a fitness industry thing in exact, but it's an entrepreneur thing. It's a business thing. And I've experienced the exact same thing, exact same overwhelm as what some coaches would feel now. You know, I've always been one to, if I'm going to do it, it's going to be the best. And I will spend a lot of time on things being the best. Uh, regardless of how much I'm charging for something or how much we're charging for something now or who it's for or how long it's going to last or it, it really doesn't matter. It will be the best. And that's just always an attitude of what, I, of what I've kind of tuck into everything really. And that, that creates overwhelming itself. Um, so me, for example, starting GraphFit, knowing that there's a huge space for it at the time there's little gaps been plugged now with different levels of designers and freelancers and all that type of stuff but at the time there was nothing like well there still isn't in my opinion but there was nothing really like like graphic and um that in itself presents an opportunity that i just couldn't get quick enough like it, you know it was and I, I needed to be at this point now how do i get there what do i need and then going back to what i've just mentioned then of everything that's in front of you everything that, that you know you need is is hitting you in the face and you're going you need that now you need that now you need that now and there simply isn't anything to make you slow down like you just said everything's you're doing this next you're always adding stuff you're never settling you're never being taught how to um maintain you're always being taught how to add more add more add more do more do more do more and um that that i've experienced that exact thing and i, I even struggle with it now i don't think it's anything i think with 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 business and um kind of entrepreneurship and everything you you everybody will experience it because it's your nature. You you quite simply can't build something that is going to be different and it's going to be one of a kind and it's going to be exactly what you want if you don't have that drive, but it comes with its downsides. And the downsides are things like, you know, not being able to switch off. The old cliche of going all day for seven days and it takes you three days to switch off, that kind of idea. You know, that's, that's you know, the the thing that everyone deals with. It's, you know, taking over your your personal life and and maybe neglecting people around you because you're just always thinking, you're just always on, you're always on what we're doing next, what we're doing next? Who do I need to make it happen? This is that idea. I've got that idea. I've just scrolled through Instagram and I've just seen that. It's just a light bulb moment. I need to do something now. And all of that just comes together to make you speed up and speed up and speed up and speed up. And I suppose then going back to the point of there's nothing really other than what you guys are doing now at Timpea, There's there's nothing really to make you stop and be happy and be content with what you've got doesn't mean you you can't move forward it just means that you just reflect and maybe you know all these ideas that you've got become a little bit clearer and um and your time's better spent but that's probably my personal experience in an overview yes
0: man it's something that that rush we've got to get it done now it's got to go it's got to go it's got to go it's got to go i um always come back to something that uh one of my first ever mentors taught me and he spoke about farmer's law And I'm not perfect. I still get caught up in it. I still start thinking, oh, wow. But thing with farmer's law is if you think about a farm, you pick a patch of land. So you pick the fitness industry for graphic design. That's your bit. You've gone right. You know what? I'm going to raise graphics. But if we use an example, maybe you're going to raise avocados. Maybe you're going to do wasabi, whatever. Maybe you're going to do corn, whatever your market is. But you can't beat nature, and nature will have its say. And you know, you can plant, you still got to plant the seeds, you got to chop up the land, you got to actually water it, and then you just got to wait and you just got to keep maintaining and you got to go through the boring bits and you just got to sort of keep nurturing that. And we're always trying to find a way to get a higher yield. How can we get more crops? Uh, and how can we speed it up? But sometimes you just need to slow down and recognize that this isn't going to happen overnight and you do need to stick with it because it's, there's no point sprinting, 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 burning out, going, this is for me and then throwing it off. It's not how it works. So that farmer's law analogy for me was like, it's just nature. Nature is going to do what it wants to do on its own time period. And that's it. And you can't rush this stuff. Um, and I think when you start to take that strategic view of, okay, you know what, I've got to do my time here. Like, it's going to take me a little bit longer to get that project done. It's going to take me a little bit. Both of us are guys that want to go fast. We want to move. And sometimes I'll chuck you something. It's like, uh, hey, I'm speaking at this event next week. I need this really fast. Can you do it? And you're like, yeah, sure, no problem. And and that's fun. But you do need to, you know, as a coach, remind yourself that you haven't got to have it all figured out right now. Really, you just need to make sure that you're helping clients. You're getting great results. You love what you do. And then iteratively building systems on top of that. Um, that, That's kind of how I see things. And then the silver bullet. I'm going to ask you you got something to share.
1: Yeah, I was just it kind of made me think then and um it's something that I've always said. I've had people in you know close to my family that have struggled a little bit with mental health and things like that and one thing I've I've always believed in is you know these struggles that come along and we'll call it mental health as a I guess an umbrella there's a million things within that obviously but uh, and I've always just been a believer in and it links in with what you just said then in this mental health or when people struggle or whatever it may be it's not thing that you you don't catch it like you catch the flu it's not something that it's there or it's not I, I strongly believe that it's always in everybody. And it's just a case of, you know, if you imagine like a, like on some DJ decks and you've got like the, the volume and the bass and everything, you slide it up and down. It's just a case of them things being slid in just slightly different directions that you're used to and bang, it's there. It, it's not a case of it not being there and then it is there. And I think that coincides with a lot of stuff, like we just mentioned there. Na- nature will, will happen. And I think it's important for people to know that when, if you're ne- being negatively impacted by things like that, whether it's by a business or just in, in general life, you're not supposed to have it figured out. You know, nobody's built to to be taught from a young age. When you come across this moment this day where your head just falls off and it spins 360 degrees and you don't know what to do, you're not supposed to know how to deal with that. And that's where the the education of it comes in. And that's where I think that's the reason why I think we need more of that. In the industry in particular because fitness industry is just I've never known an industry like I've worked in a few different industries and there's ne- there's nothing like the fitness industry that how fast paced it is like I said before the the speed of which talent's popping up it's a bit of a crazy place to be so yeah I completely agree with what you just said there
0: and it's fascinating because it is a very different industry and you know my background was as a international boxer which is kind of similar you know that athlete a lot of coaches are athletes and they end up gravitating towards the fitness industry and then i spent five years selling software in london and across the world and you kind of that fast pacedness is there but what's interesting is that the fitness industry is very aesthetic it's very 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 aesthetic and i think a lot of coaches compare themselves on you know what they look like what other coaches look like what other coaches brands look like what their coaching service looks like there's a very high visual element but then there's also a kinesthetic element which is the coaches are very much in their bodies you know they're used to training they're used to feeling they're, they're very much in touch with that that mind muscle connection so what i've noticed is coaches aesthetically are very switched on so they sort of look at you know transformations they look at other coaches they look at what everybody looks like what they look like and then they feel feelings really hard. So when you've got something like Instagram, where it's very, very aesthetic and then they feel, they feel their feelings quite intensely, it's a very unique game, you know, like my ex-girlfriend, she would say actuary. So she used to analyze data for, for like big insurance, such like insuring Arsenal football club or insuring the queen. And she worked on those sorts of projects. But you have to completely disassociate from your emotions and your feelings and your body because you just have to look at the numbers. Whereas in this industry, you're used to feeling, you're used to like lifting away weight or, or inspiring people and, and picking them up. So when you've got that massive aesthetic element, and then you've got that kinesthetic element that a lot of coaches have, it's quite an interesting concoction. And I'm guessing when they're looking at, you know, their brand, that perfectionism can start to creep in and then nothing looks right. And I'm guessing you deal with that a lot as well.
1: Yeah. So for me, there's two sides of... A brand or there's two different parts of how you you know start to plan a brand out and one of them is the aesthetics like you just mentioned and the other ones the emotion of it and it's such a, a buzz word to use emotion when it comes to brand because all you you'll hear all the top kind of uh, you know, the likes of Gary Vee and those type of people, these advisors with the big audience, they'll talk about it all the time, being, you know, em- uh, empathetic and having an emotion. But they're, they're honestly the two sides of, of the coin that you've almost got to kind of use. And um, the thing that I find with with branding and fitness professionals is they have everything in the locker that they need. They have The passion they have, the emotion, because you know, let's let's be honest. If coaches struggled with emotion, they wouldn't be dedicating the time and the business and the life to helping other people. That comes from emotion, and the kind of first battle that I tend to come across is making them understand that that emotion also is used in the brand. So that emotion that you feel every day when you're doing your check-ins the the happiness that you feel when you see the progress, um, the hurt you feel when people you know, when a result or a journey doesn't quite go to plan. That is what your brand should represent and on top of that that's where the visuals and the aesthetics come from and as soon as you as a coach understand how you transfer that emotion you feel every day into what you want your brand to look like, what you want it to be, that's when you'll hit the straps with your brand that's when you'll build a brand that you never really have to rebrand that's when you build a brand that really really resonates with the right people not just anybody not throwing a blanket over everybody and hoping that somebody will pay you know x amount per month for coaching it's about finding the right people and, and all that fits in exactly what you just said then with with the emotion I think a lot of coaches uh wrap up their identity
0: in their brand and it makes sense you know if you're if you're a coach people are buying you and it's all about your ambition and and you know if you're looking to be a solo coach and and, you know coach a certain amount of clients and get to a certain level and then you're happy with that which is really underrated by the way most coaches Mm. keep pushing for growth and they don't actually want it and their nervous systems aren't built for that growth but they push for it anyway because they feel like they have to or because everyone else is doing it there is something massively underrated in coaches they recognize the sort of business they want the clients they want and being happy that to me is true success not just building a seven-figure business because because you can or or because there's insecurity or fear driving that you know if you really want one go and do it but i think a lot of coaches are in denial about that a guy whose brand i really like is sam marriott's Mm -hmm. mutual client you guys have done a great job on his branding and you know he loves his marvel comics he loves his superhero stuff he's obviously a lot into nfts and drinking and you know being able to train and live a really good life and i think you've really encapsulated that identity element and he's been figuring out his identity this year of us or last year of us as well and i think you guys have done a great job at presenting that if you look at it you can kind of see the marvel red and you can sort of see that that element so when you look at that you think and you've done some great graphic so like design edits so there's like a a graphic that sort of or spins around and it all looks very like superhero style like that for me is genius because you've really been able to encapsulate sam and what he looks like
1: yeah i think um to be honest it you you wouldn't be the first time that that's mentioned sam's brand we every project that we start begins with a project brief um whether it be a consultation or the project reform that you fill in and we always ask for brands and aesthetics and things that you like but also things that you don't like and you'll be surprised or in your case you won't be surprised how often sam's brand comes up and how people really kind of connect with it and you know almost want to pull apart yeah, a little bit of from, uh, sorry, a little part from Sam's brand into their own. And Sam's a perfect example because, as you've just said, you, obviously, you know Sam, coach Sam as well. And, but you can pretty much see what type of person Sam is, what type of coach he is, what he likes, what he doesn't like, what you're going to get from him before you spoke to him. And that's because that's what his brand Portrays and there's there's a reason why like, we we get on so well with with Sam and Sophie as well his girlfriend and there's, there's a reason for that and it's because he's not afraid to kind of show who he is and and in that comes the brand and comes the emotion and comes everything else and you connect with people and as a coach if you struggle to connect with people then quite frankly you're probably in the wrong space
0: <laughs> yeah yeah hundred percent and it's it's awesome to see because like I love brands if anything I would love one day I would love to just build brands and just like, just, just conceptually, I can't do any of the visual stuff, just conceptually. Uh, one of my best mates, Dan Martin, he's going into addiction and, uh, he's launching something called the cocaine coach, which we spoke about, which is going to completely change the game of cocaine addiction. Like that when we are sitting there and coming up with those concepts and those ideas, it's so fun. I I do think you need that identity. So what is it you're trying to put across? So with TMP, if we think about although you see a lot of white in our branding, that's to represent space. Because a lot of coaches feel claustrophobic they feel like the world's coming in on them whereas when you have that big white open space it's like ah oh, okay i can think that red to blue is about the protection and the growth but there's also an element of performance in there if you look at boxing you have got a red corner and a blue corner and it, often the fight isn't about the other person it's the fight that we have with ourselves uh, if we look yeah. at the black black's very bold and i i like I, I believe that we we create quite a bold, impactful change very very quickly. And one of our things is we don't want any coach to ever look at themselves the same after they've worked with TMP. So like encapsulating all of that and picking all those little elements and, and putting it together, it's so fun. It's so so fun. Yeah.
1: And that's the um that's you know what I said before about building building stuff that I, I love to build stuff. And I guess looking back now, the kind of the process of that was initially I started by building brands and websites for other people and then I then did the same in the second job, but I was also a little bit more in mar- uh, involved in marketing then. So uh, there was a little bit more, got a bit of a taste of what it feels like to build your own brand while building other people's brands. And then when I went on to the, uh, the software company, it was purely just building our own brand. We didn't build brands for anyone else. It was just, you know, internal marketing and digital marketing and everything. And, and I loved it because all I wanted when I was building just other people's brands when I was younger was I wanted to focus on one thing. I wanted to make something that was truly impactful. And then when I did it for so long, I was like, oh, like you kind of feel like you just described then about everything closing in that's how i felt just working on the same stuff every day and that's then where i thought how what's the what's the middle ground everything i've experienced what's the middle ground and the middle ground was building a business that builds other people's businesses and and you know it sounds really simple now at the time i couldn't really figure it out but um we kind of sit here now and it sounds really simple and, and that's kind of what's led to graphic today really i guess
0: And it's amazing what you said there about building other people's businesses because you can build all the systems you can build all all of it but there is something to be said about i know that when you design something for me like our website if you go to www.totainmentsperformance.com you'll see graphic of absolutely smashed it but it's almost like when there's the visual element it's like it all of a sudden it becomes real you're like oh wow yeah this is this is it within the the app that we've built we've got the burnout audit and you guys have done a great job at designing that so like i had the idea of a burnout audit i know it's gonna be useful when we've got the content and then when you see it you're like wow there's a really cool there's a really cool part of what you guys do it is literally building which is cool
1: i think i think there's a little nugget in there what you just said and that is the what's the best way to describe it it's sort of like the idea of of giving people what you know they need in terms, let's say, let's use an example. So let's say as a coach now, I know it's a it's raging at the minute, so it'll kind of make sense to people. Um, You will probably be either wanting to have a landing page for your program, let's say, and you're maybe getting help from a copywriter and you know you're using a really good copywriter or you're writing the copy yourself, whichever, whichever way. And you know that that copy includes everything it includes all the pain points it tells them tells you exactly who you should be to take on that program who you shouldn't be who you should be everything but how do they connect with it so you know, you're completely relying on them reading absolutely everything that you've written. You know, these landing pages that you see that are about 15, you know, Word documents long and, and mm-hmm. you know, it's how you deliver that then. And, and that's kind of, that's a nugget that I believe in. It's okay. You've got all the facts. You've got all the information. That's brilliant. How's it delivered? Because the delivery really counts. It's as a coach, it's almost like having the best nutrition plan or workout plan or program in the world, but your delivery of it is atrocious. You're not going to get the same results as if you deliver it well. And it, the same goes
0: it's like the shop window isn't it it's like well what do you want do you want a mannequin face down on the floor with your fucking shit everywhere or do you and it's just cluttered or do do you want to see the shop window and you go wow yeah that's that's clean yeah that's crisp you know and that's what you guys that's what you do you build great great shop windows i've got a final question mate in fact i've got two questions number one forget
1: tmp for a
0: minute but what does the phrase total mental performance mean to you how would you how would you know that you had total mental performance
1: For me, it all comes down to consistency, I think. I believe that to have total mental performance, it's to be agile and consistent in how you deal with things. Um, Now, just on that, I don't mean you automatically know how to deal with things you have to learn how to deal with things and you know take advice but when you get to that point where you believe you've got total mental performance for me it's being able to take on challenges not only negatives but positives as well and all while doing that maintaining a healthy State of mind, being able to overcome bigger challenges, smaller challenges, uh, being able to take the success and you know not get ahead of yourself, being able to take the success and be happy with it. To me, that all encompasses total mental performance. It's not something that I believe you know skyrockets up for half a year and then completely goes this same distance the other way for the other half of the year I don't personally class that as total mental performance because for it to be total for me it's got to be complete that's my take on it and by Mm -hmm. by no means am I at that that, I wouldn't class myself as having total mental performance which is funny being on this podcast but I guess what I've just described is essentially where I want to be that that's how I believe I I want to be and and maybe that might resonate with a few people as well in, in similar position to me. Kyle Edwards mate it's been a pleasure thank you so much where can our audience find you? so generally we just do everything through graphic.co on instagram i've also got a website graphic.co as well we're very friendly people we have six people on messages every day all day so if you ever need a chat or any help just reach out and be, be happy to to assist awesome
0: callum thank you so much mate appreciate it thank you very much so that's us for today, team. I want to say a huge thank you for spending this portion of your life listening to us. A couple of things before you disappear. If you're not already following us on Instagram, you can find all of our daily content on Mindset and Hitting Peak Performance at Total Mental Performance or our website, www.totalmentalperformance.com. If you haven't already, please subscribe. or You'll find us on Spotify, uh, the Apple Podcasts and all the other various different platforms. Big love. Thank you ever so much. And we're really looking forward to speaking with you soon.